Hello race fans and welcome to Disc Golf Daily. Today is January 23rd and we are going to get you caught up with how our sport is growing, some top level news for today, and one disc golf thought. Now smash that volume button and let's get to it. Part 1, Grow Baby Grow. So the PDGA continues to grow. Uh, the current highest PDGA number is 277324. Yes, that means well over a quarter million people have joined the PDGA. Most of them in the last few years. 69 of them joined yesterday. We are on track for 13,500 new members over the course of the year. And just so you know, I think we're going to triple that. I think we'll hit 40,000. Uh, 527 people renewed their PDGA memberships yesterday keeping us on track for 12% growth in the PDGA overall. We'll probably have around 150,000 members by the end of the year if we maintain that 12% growth. Our stat of the day is fairway hits, and uh, we just ran through the MPO side, and now we will start through the FPO side, and we'll do this right up until the season begins, and then we'll bop back and forth between MPO and FPO. So fairway hit leaders on the FPO side, no surprise, Kristen Tatar at 78%, Missy Gannon and Holland Handley tie for second at 76%. Huh, not a surprise at all. And that brings us to, what is Tuesday? Tuesday is combined world and power rankings Okay, these haven't changed yet. The season hasn't really begun, although Parker Welk does have a win under his belt, and Drew Gibson, his first tournament in a long while, finished a very strong third. But for now, Calvin Heimberg, Eagle McMahon, and Ricky Wysocki are our 1-2-3 on the men's side, and Kristen, Owen, and Missy are 1-2-3 on the women's side. And that does it for our PDGA growth and Pro Tour stats of the day. Next up, some quick news hits. I did a Google search on disc golf in the news, and I do this every day. And for the first time ever, five of the top six are about brand new courses going in. The other news article is about an ice bowl raising money for their local food charity. Thank you very much, Disc Golf. We are growing. The world is noticing uh, all across the nation. Uh, different newspapers are putting in great articles about us, putting in courses, helping out, helping out parks that are not doing so well. They put a disc golf course in there to improve it. An Eagle Scout puts in a disc golf course. And then at that disc golf course, we have ice bowl tournaments that give money, uh, give food to the local food pantry. On Fridays, we look at new course growth, how many new courses there are in disc golf. It'll be fun to see if these uh, news articles from Google portend a significant rise in the number of courses. We'll find out on Friday. I also wanted to issue a quick correction and if you got your tickets to the Northeast Disc Golf Expo because Eagle McMahon is going to be there, you should probably send me an email at discgolfdaily at aol.com because Eagle McMahon is not going to be there. My apologies. The person that will be there is Paul McBeth and Simon Lazat and Jeremy Colling and Brian Earhart and Jeff Spring and Will Schustrick. 
and I've even heard Steve Dodge is going to be there. There are going to be some influ media influencers, including Robbie C., Gatekeeper, and Joseph from Another Round Disc Golf. So, Northeast Disc Golf Expo, link in the show notes. Get your tickets this Saturday and Sunday only. You do not want to miss this. Also, it's kind of winter time, so not a lot else to do. However, if you were down in Snyder, Texas, uh, maybe last weekend, and you played in the windy, windy winter warm-up, you might have seen that Emily Weatherman, who leads in FPO earnings so far this year, won $953. And in my little Google search, I just typed 953 into the database and moved on. But then I checked again this morning because I knew that uh, the Shelley Sharp Memorial was going to be finishing up and we'd probably have a new leader on the FPO and maybe the MPO side for earnings. Owen Scoggins took away $660 for her win at the Shelley Sharp Memorial, but it wasn't enough to top Emily Weatherman. Emily Weatherman played in a division of one and won $953. I don't know if there was an ace pot. I don't, I don't know anything about this, but it looks a little funny. So if I was a female competitor, I would definitely go play the windy winter warm-up next year and see if I could win $953 in a division by myself. Maybe there's some ace pots going on there. Who knows? Any which way. Congrats to Emily and congrats to Owen. And we are going to, I think that's it for news of the day. Yeah, that is it. Moving on to thoughts of the day. And today's thought of the day is going to continue on with the listener question that we got regarding Boar Score and the MVP Open by OTB. So the three, and now today we're going over to the men's side. Yesterday we did the women's side. So the three holes that had the highest bore score on the men's side were holes 3, 5, and 10. And we're going to look at those in numerical order. Hole 3, uh, about two-thirds of the field managed to get a par, uh, with almost a quarter getting birdie and 13% getting bogey or worse. That is a relatively boring hole, and I will admit, I didn't realize how boring that hole was um, before looking at the bore score. I, I was just looking at big overall numbers across the entire tour, and I hadn't yet focused on Maple Hill. But looking at hole three, uh, we could, I'm okay with a quarter percent below par. I think we need to make it a little tougher uh, to card the par and have some more of those pars drop down into the bogey range. Uh, something along the lines of 25, 50, 25 would, would make me pretty happy. So having said that, uh, I will get with Gage and we will look at hole three. And if there's something we can do to, to tighten up the gap when you're going in um, or to make the, maybe plant some trees in the fairway, uh, Maybe do something around the green to make it a little more dicey. Who knows? But hole three, right up there on bore score. Next up, hole five. Two-thirds of the players card the birdie on this hole. It's the 262-foot Anheuser over the water, or a forehand flick Heiser, I guess. Um, 
And apparently, the players are just able to smash that and uh, very consistently card the birdie. Um, 21% of the players are actually parked. Two-thirds circle one in regulation, 80% circle two in regulation. I don't know. That's a beautiful hole. I don't want to. I don't want to mess too much with that. This is a very interesting stat. Is that too many birdies? Um, and if so, what's the? Email me if you have some thoughts on how to improve, make make hole five uh, a little tougher. Discgolfdaily at aol.com. I can't think of any way to make hole five a little tougher without being a little silly. So. We're going to leave hole five. Shoot me your emails. I want to know what you think. And then the next one is hole 10. And this is a really interesting hole. Again, about two-thirds of the players get the par. This is a 377-foot, very high uphill hole. Uh, probably gain an elevation of 30 or 40 feet. Only the top throwers, distance throwers, can, can reach this. 18% uh, get in circle one. And of those some percentage hit the putt, 14% card the birdie. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know, I really like that hole 10 is, uh, is a good test for distance. I don't think it's necessary to, uh, to change this hole and say, if you can't throw far, you can still get a birdie, because what hole 10 is testing is distance. So the bore score, while being a useful tool, doesn't necessarily mean a hole should change. For example, I'm going to argue that a hole 10 should not change. Uh, I'm open to looking at ways to tighten up hole 5, and I think hole 3 actually could change because what it's testing is not being tested. So there we have it. That's my review of the MVP Open by OTB and the Bohr score. Thank you very much for your question. If you guys have any other questions, discgolfdaily at aol.com and that is it for our show hit the thin gap throw them straight and have a great day